let's let's start with how you began your writing career. I've known you for like seven years now, and I've known you to be a writer. There was this time when you were writing poems. I got to learn how to write poems like you too. And um, I wanted to like pattern my writing into the way you structured your poems. Then along the line, you sort of like moved from writing poems to writing um, technical content. And before I knew it, like I, I started seeing your status updates. You're writing like for lots of tech companies and the like. So just give us a background information of what you do and how you got to this point in a few minutes because the conversation is going to be lengthy and informational but just give us a brief information about what you do and how you got to writing for tech companies and freelancing that you are really making in this amount yeah so once again um, i'm excited to be here on this space to share um uh, i mean about my journey and what it's been like uh, i mean something that I'm quite passionate about, especially because um, I've seen the opportunities that are bound on the internet. Um, I mean, we hear it all the time, and I'm sure most of the people here are privy to information about uh, how other people in the past perhaps have enjoyed some sort, certain level of progress. So it's something that we're all conversant with, yeah, and it's something that I like to talk about. So, I mean, my journey as a Either, um, there's no there's no specific way to talk about it. Uh, as you said, I used to write poetry, and I still write poetry. All right. Uh, some time ago, I was joking with my friends, and I said, uh, "I'm not a retired poet, but it's not true. I'm just taking some break from poetry." So I started as a poet. Poet. Um, no, actually, I started writing fiction. Um, I would draw cartoons, and then I would write stories as a six-year-old, seven-year-old boy. You know, and then at some point I was writing inspirational stuff, motivational things. I was reading people like um, Casey Okuma, Praise George, Samadhi, John Mason, John Maxwell, and Andres Lara, many of those guys, you know. And then I had like a book where I would pen my thoughts. And then um, I started to write poetry after then, and I started to write short stories. Then of course, I started to freelance um, in 2014, and basically, I started as a generalist because what happens is, and that's why mentorship is really good. Um, I I didn't have any men mentor. I was basically um, alone. Uh, you know, I was trying to navigate my path and really get get clarity for my journey. So I started as a generalist, and it's okay if you are a freelance writer and you're a generalist. You know what that does is that you know when you when you write across the board and you have your own experiences you get to know the things that you um, exactly want to write about right um, and so I, I would write for landscape people who were doing landscape um, who were doing landscape um, things I would write about um, electricity I, I was just pretty much writing about about a lot of things you know and then somehow it wasn't like I was strategic or that I had like a plan to become a writer in the tech space it just happened 
right? It just happened. And I discovered that I was earning more and I, de- I decided that I was going to focus on that. Um, please don't misunderstand me. Um, there are also, because I have a very wide network of writers and friends. I know people who are also in other industries who are in other niches, you know, people who are doing lifestyle writing, entertainment, yoga, um, people are doing pretty much other kinds of writing who are also earning well, right? So it doesn't mean that you have to only be um, in the tech space to earn well as a writer. However, it's almost impossible um, not to, to have some tech savviness as it were, especially because we're now in a digital age where um, the future is increasingly, increasingly becoming digital, right? And so it's almost impossible that even if you're doing lifestyle, that at some point you you won't talk about some tech things. So I don't know if this makes any sense, but that's what my journey has been like. It's uh, it's been a little bit chaotic, but here we are. Thank you. All right. So the next thing which is like a very, very important um, um, discussion to have is like what I wrote here is how to think in thousands of dollars as a writer. So here is the reason why it's like something I want us to talk about. I want you to share. I also write and not until last year did I begin to think about writing in a different perspective. There is a way I believe a lot of people that are listening here probably work as writers for Nigerian companies or you write for also like you write remotely and you're thinking of like doubling, tripling how much you earn. I I never knew like until last year because there is a way um, freelancing platforms like Upwork, Fiverr sort of limit the scope that you... I, I'm not saying these platforms are not good they help people earn and the likes but there's a way um or maybe it was just me i was like not aware of the reality of how much i could earn as a writer if i would be writing a specific type of content so the currently now when i get writing gigs or when i see writing gigs i don't go for some certain because i'm like i can earn way more than this like this is too much underpayment on upwork you might see um somebody saying that come and write a two thousand word article for thirty dollars and you'll be like yeah this is a big, big project or fifty dollars but companies or like lots of b2b SaaS, many other tech companies will pay you one thousand dollars for maybe just uh five hundred two hundred three hundred dollars for a one thousand um word article and it makes a whole lot of sense that writers can end well so how can how can we as writers how can writers think have a mind shift about earning in writing because if imagine if somebody is is writing like four articles and is making like just four articles of one thousand word like earning two hundred dollar per article or three hundred dollars that's like one thousand two one thousand two hundred dollar for or like one thousand five hundred dollar for just four articles of one thousand words how can we have this mind shift as as writers that it would help us position what we want to go for as writers? All right. I, I think that is really an interesting uh, question. Um, 
And I want to say what I will say next, not as like, um, not like sheer motivation. And I'm exactly not trying to motivate um, or trying to drop some, some lines, but it's, it's true in its entirety that you have to first believe that writing can make you earn well. As simple as that sounds, it, it changes the reality of everything because belief is what drives action, right? And if you don't believe in something, you're either going to be nonchalant about it, or not strategic about it, um, lackadaisical in a way. And it's going to affect productivity, affect the results that you get. You have to first believe, like you have to first know. And that is one of the reasons why I started to share, um, document my journey publicly um, so that people Uh, hi guys, I think something um, is up from his end. Can you hear me, please? Yes, I can hear you. Like you didn't hear me at all before now? Like it about 30 seconds ago. It was off for like 30 seconds. Okay. So, like I was saying, I was saying that you. You have to first believe that it's possible to earn that much. And that is why I started to document publicly my journey. You know, I would share screenshots. I will talk about friends that I have with their permission who were earning. Um, you know, I have friends who earn like 10K, 15K, 20K from writing. You have to first believe that, you know, and I said before, I don't know if you heard that, but I'd like to just repeat it again, that belief is what drives action. If you don't believe in something, it's going to affect your productivity. It's going to affect the, the, the level of energy you put into that thing, which ultimately will affect your productivity, impact the results that you're going to get negatively, right? So you have to first believe that. Um, I've not shared this anywhere um, in the public, but I'll just share it on this space. Recently, I, I got a, a, a 2 k dollar per article um, contract. And as a matter of fact, I got paid 1K before I even wrote the article. I told them that I'd like to get 50% before, before starting work. And they paid me, right? You have to believe that it's possible. You know, I, I think that's the first thing. Um, <coughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Can you mute your mic? Yeah, to be honest, 2K, 2K. Sorry, two k, two k is people's salaries. So. <laughs> it's people's monthly salary, and you're earning it for one article. It's really amazing. I just have to like make that comment. Sorry, I had to cut it short. But this is people's salaries as writers, like in people that write in Nigerian companies. I, I don't know, but I mean, it's a whole lot for an article. But you can proceed. I just have to make that comment. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I, I have to also say that there, there's like a certain level of consistency that you have to have, you know, because like, like Joel mentioned before, in 2014, I was earning $5. In fact, when I first joined Fiverr, I earned like 
$5 and then for like six months, I didn't have any gig. So if you're experiencing that, know that, I mean, it's, it's totally okay. It happens, right? You just have to not give up. And I'm not trying to psych you up, but that's just the truth. If you give up, then, I mean, you've just, you've just should change yourself, really. You just have to learn what are the other better ways to do what you're doing to get better results and not just leave what you're doing entirely, you know? So, but back to what I was saying, you have to feel that it's possible. Then you have to be positioned in the right places, right? In the right communities, in the right cycle, um, circles. You have to be where you should be, all right? To see the kinds of contracts, the kinds of gigs, the types of jobs that will take you from the level you are right now to the level you want to be, all right? Positioning is really important. And that's why um, if you're like a freelancer, um, I always recommend like a, a community where there's like shared ideas, shared uh, goals, um, some sort of uh, networking as it were, you know? Uh, because uh, for instance, I'll tell you one of the things you could get from that kind of community. I was reading a report. I was working on something and I was reading a report. I just came across a report. I think it was three days ago. And it said that a very large percentage of freelancers in the U.S. now, not, not, not in Nigeria, but I'm sure that people in Nigeria also experience things like that because I have experienced things like that. A large percentage of freelancers in the U.S. All right, offer contracts from communities they are in or from talking to clients that they have worked with before, or from referrals that somebody makes on their behalf, right? And I know that because, because like, I've experienced it. There's nothing, imagine that you're in this space right now, and then you told me about your, your skill, right? And then I tell somebody who, with whom I already have a relationship about you. A referral... To me, this is not like a, a, a universal law, but it, it seems to me to be more potent than maybe a cold outreach. Because for a cold outreach, you don't have, there's no warmth as it were. Even if you're sending a personal cold outreach or a personal cold, a personalized cold email, you know, there are still some objections that you're going to experience. But if I refer you and I say, I know somebody and I can, I, can, I can attest to his skill and the level of his diligence. The, the prospect or whoever I've referred you to is more likely to, to bring you on board, right? Because of what somebody who trusts has told him, you know? And, and that has really helped me, you know? And that's one of the things that I do. Talking to... And, and that is why, again... Sorry, I'm saying too many things. That is why, again, when you have contract if you're ever lucky to have a contract whether it's a 30 30 contract or a hundred dollar contract make sure that you put in the work and that you're proud of the work because aside from wanting to meet the needs of my clients right i also want to be proud of the work that i do like be proud of it you know so do some good work such that later on you never know how you will need that client like last year, I just spoke to one of the people I work with. Oh, I'm, I'm looking to start this right now. Do you have any, any contacts within your network? And I got somebody within his network and, and we're working together today. So 
you know so you have to believe that it's possible you have to be strategically positioned be in the right spaces right then you have to also be audacious i i think that this is a subset of the first point you know be be audacious like like there's a lot of confidence and boldness that is required if you're going to succeed as a freelancer right you have to talk about the rates that you 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 you're worth and be really sure that you are worth those rates you know make sure you have honed your skills i believe that if you're gay you should be honing your skills i mean consistently you should be very very intentional about that right <coughs> excuse me please and so be audacious about your rates and one of the ways you can know the things you're worth or the rates you're worth I don't know if I'm saying too many things, but one of the ways you can do that, I'm trying to say so many things within the short time that we have. One of the ways you can do that is to look at places like salary.com where you find um, um, that website like gives you insights or some sort of anal analytics into the, the, the rates that other people within your industry are charging. You know, um, you could use Glassdoor. Glassdoor gives you an idea about what people are earning for whatever position you're applying for or you're pitching for. Uh, there's also, I think Contently as a database of rates, Contently.com as a database of rates across uh, multiple industries where, you know, they give you an idea of what this is worth so that you can, you can really, you know, just negotiate um, or make informed decisions during the negotiation uh, process. I don't know if it makes right. sense, but... Um, those are really the things I'd like to share on that. All right. Um, so I I have like a lot of questions to ask as you're saying this. The first question is, as a writer, can, can you mute your mic so that I will not hear like the, the echo? Okay, thank you. So the first thing, the first question I will ask is, as writers, because I have experienced this, one of the things that Climber does, and mind you, let me even say this to everyone listening. First, first, you can actually tag your friends who are writers or who are trying to like get remote jobs around writing could be content industry. Just tag them to this Twitter live. Let them get to listen this to this. That means you can retweet this Twitter live for them to um, get informed about it. And also, also follow this page. So back to the question I want to ask, seeing what Climber is doing, one of the things we are doing, we're like we are an education and media company is that we help recruits writers to remote jobs outside because we like found the gap that we could actually bridge this gap between, um, we could bridge the gap between writers and lots of remote positions. So we discovered that a lot of writers do not have um, probably resumes or portfolio. So do you think, do you think in the history of writing, do you think portfolios and resumes are important as writers, because the thing is, I can see some people are on this this thing with their I um, Twitter username as um, crypto or some other things like that. I believe some people are blockchain writers and the likes. So, is portfolio is a portfolio and resume really important as a writer in order to enable um, us like secure this remote um, th this. Um, jobs that would be paying this particular amount or would we just say that 
once you just have the, an article or two, you can actually pitch if you have the confidence, like everything you've stated. Yeah, thank you. So I start this way. People are more likely to believe proofs than the things you say. <laughs> so having a portfolio is absolutely important. It, in fact, essential, right? Because if you tell me that you're a great writer, my next question is what you have to show for it, right? And, and I think something that I've also told people, I've told my mentors, people that I speak with, you don't have to have worked with any client before you have a sample or what they call clips, journalism circles, to show for your work, right? If you are trying to break into a particular niche or an industry, and, and again, let, let me say this, like if you're trying, if you're a newbie and you're trying to break into a niche, it's going to be difficult at first, right? But you have to stay with the niche and just be there. Right, because if if you're hopping from here to that other place and you're not like focusing on something for a period of time, you're not going to experience the success that you should have. Maybe you will, but it's will be in trickles, not a full version of the success you should have. Right? <clears throat> I, I was telling somebody a few days ago, no, 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 a few weeks ago. I said sometimes the problem is people don't still with something to see it work. Right? They, they just they just leave it. So that's what, what the, the question you were asking. And that's really, really, again, very important. Uh, and I'm glad that you asked me because uh, it's something I was going to talk about next. It's so important. Portfolios are the proofs, right? They are proofs. And it, today, it's so easy to create portfolios. There are many websites, you know, that enable writers to create free portfolios. That there's Contently, which I mentioned before. There is um, clippings.me. There is card, C-A-R-R-D. Um, there is, uh, what's this one? There's Pressfolio. There is um, Mockrack, but Mockrack just automatically aggregates your bylines if you're like a journalist and just gives you an automatic um, um, profile on their website. But there's that. There is, there's just so many. If you Google and check out how you can create free, free portfolio websites, you will see. And then you have those websites and then you put the URLs of, of the works that you've done, you know, and, and, and I, like I was saying before, you should, you don't have to have work with the clients before you have samples of your work. Why don't you write articles and publish them on LinkedIn? It's free, right? It's free. In fact, you could look at LinkedIn somehow as a content management system, because essentially the way publishing act, articles on LinkedIn works is it's not so so different from the way publishing articles with WordPress or um, on Medium. It's not so different from the way it works, right? So publish articles on those places and talk about them. I think people don't understand the. You see, essentially, what do we call what, when we say somebody is cold emailing somebody or cold messaging somebody? Essentially, what does it mean? It means that you are telling somebody somewhere about what you do. That's just what it means. And I'm very shocked at the number of people who don't talk about the things they do publicly. Nobody's going to know about you. And if nobody knows about you, nobody can work with you. All right? 
visibility precedes action or precedes um, profitability. You have to be seen to be known. And it is when you're known that people can partner with you or collaborate with you, right? So portfolios are very, very important. And how many, how many, how many articles should you have on your, on your, in your portfolio? I am a very audacious person, right? And I don't wait till I'm perfect before I do things. So I'm not going to give her a specific number of articles, you know. I can pitch to somebody if I have just one article in that industry. I'm somebody who I've pitched to senators in the U.S. I, one time I pitched to Buster Rhymes. He didn't reply. But there's something about doing things like that. It builds a kind of character in you that is necessary for business success. Because again, uh, freelancing is not just freelancing today. Freelancing is business, you know. And business requires you to be audacious, to be confident. So if you have one, two, three articles that are really good, yeah, you can begin to pitch, of course can begin to pitch right um and i think it's really essential um to have that again what it does for you is that it's it's you know there's also branding yeah it makes you look serious like somebody who really wants to do something you know and then it gets to a point where when you have clients like right now i don't i can't remember the last time i sent my portfolio to a client Sometimes they, what they even look at is my LinkedIn profile. And that's another gold mine that many writers don't use, you know. They don't know about. They don't explore it. You can write articles on LinkedIn and pitch people on LinkedIn and just be there. People will just be, be, be messaging, you, messaging you by themselves. So <clears throat> having that kind of stuff makes you look serious and makes you look like somebody that people can really work with. So, yeah, it's very important to create samples um proofs of um that claims all right um so let me say this please can you meet your mic so i'm not here like echo of what i'm saying so um wow this is really really a lot first thing for those who are listening he has mentioned some platforms and after this uh after this twitter space i'm going to post a link to climbers email list so you can visit it after this twitter space i will get across to him compile many of the resources he, he has probably used and every other thing like that the the things he shared i'll compile it into an ebook and send to anyone who joins our email list um next week so if you really want to get it just check um climbers page that's why you have to follow this page and you've said a lot of things so i have another question because like i personally i, my, I myself i am a writer and navigating the whole writing space, hearing that you make 2K for an article, I mean, it's the, it's the dream of every writer to, to, make, uh, if, to write around 2K for an article. And you've mentioned the area of um, um, communities. I would have to say this too from my own end. If you are writing here and you don't belong to any writing community in the niche you belong to, you are not on the right side. I recently found out a community last year that changed the whole game for me. I found the, I found the community through a friend when we were having a discussion. And on that community, it's a Slack community. So communities can be in different ways. Like it could be a Discord community. It could be on Discord. It could be 
on Slack, it could be a Facebook group. But when you belong to these communities, most times than not, more professionals, like people that are higher in those industries, get to post opportunities. Like they get to post jobs that, oh, I have this opportunity open from a client of mine who is going to fill it, send your rates to my DM and the likes. Or you can even directly pitch to head of content. So this is one trick that I use. When in, in those communities, I get to check their profile and you can also use it on, on probably LinkedIn. And it will bring me to the next question and I will ask you. Um, but before that, you can actually check the profiles of people within these communities. I check for head of content or content managers within the community. Then I cold email them. So my next question to you is how has cold emailing been of effect to you? Like people here are strange to the word cold emailing. Like they don't know what emailing is. And code emailing is like one of the biggest assets for writers where you can randomly reach out to um, a stranger and sell or negotiate your services to them based on the fact that you already have your content in a content database, like through the uh, platforms you've talked about, like your portfolio, which, like I said, I'll compile the whole stuff um, and send to anybody that probably you can send us a dm we'll send the link but what are the best code emailing tricks that you've used and um how can you recommend that we use code emailing to get this type of jobs what are we to look out for where are we to look out for to code email probably working like there are so many tech companies in different niches there's b2b SaaS. there is the crypto industry there is um uh, AI and the likes. So, how do we go about code emailing if we want to code email to get these high paying um, jobs, both freelance and full time? Mm, fantastic question. Um, so, you mentioned something which is um, where I'd like to begin from. Explain the concept of code emailing um, for some of us who may not know about it or some of us who know about it and maybe want to be more about it so if you're cold emailing somebody joel mentioned he, he looks for ed, ads of content and things like that you should be met and cold emailing is not just for writers right it's for businesses you know it, it's for it's that's how you close sales that's how you make sales that's how you combat leads what i do or what i have learned over time to do is to cold email or cold message the decision makers. Because if you cold email or cold message somebody who's, who is not in the position to, the make, to make a decision to, to influence you, you've, been, you've been hired or hiring you directly, it's going to take a long process for you, right? So who are the people that I cold email? I cold email people like content managers, um, head of content, um, marketing directors, uh, um, you know, sometimes founders, um, CEOs directly. If I mean, imagine that I speak to the CEO of a business directly and it takes interest in my service. They're going, I'm going to work with them, right? And it's going to be fast because he's the CEO, all right? It's the greater influence. Of course, it might, there, might, there would be some meetings that they would have and things like that. Uh, I, they would, he would speak with people in his business, but he has a great influence in the, in, in, the, in the company, right? And so those are the types of people that I code message. And one of the things you want to also ensure is that 
you do so, your research, you are you're sure that you are a good fit for the company that you're cold emailing. For instance, if the bulk of your of your samples as a writer are like um, in the blockchain space, right? Um, it may not work if you work cold emailing people like who are about lifestyle because there's not there's no fit, right? So you have to be sure that the company you're cold emailing is a company that the two of you are fit, you know, you, you, you are fit, like you can work together. And the concept of cold emailing simply is that you are messaging somebody that you don't know. It's cold messaging, cold emailing, and cold calls. Cold calls are like you find somebody's number and you call them and you don't know them. It's just like if you find a string number, who calls you now? And people do that all the time, especially um, this loan. <laughs> this loan, you know, they send you messages or they call you and they say things like, oh, we got your number from this thing. Are you interested in a loan? You know, the same way you react to them because you're like, who gave these people my number, right? It's the same way a person that you cold call would react, you know, if you call them. If you message them, that's the same way they would react. If if you email them, which is cold emailing, that's the same way they will react. And that's why it's called cold, because that person is naturally going to be cold towards you because they don't know you. Right? So the question is, how do you make them warm up to you? Right? One of the ways to do that is to um, use personalized uh, messages or personalize the message you're trying to communicate. For instance, I'll, I'll use an example of a cold call. If somebody calls, Called me and says, you know, Biola, Biola is my best friend, and says, Biola gave me, I got your number from Biola, and the fact that he mentions Biola, like, makes me warm up to him in a way, right? <laughs> because I'm like, okay, this person knows somebody that I know, and maybe he has something to say. So that's something I said. You can say, I got your contact from this, 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 or I found your contact here and here, or, um, if, if the person was saying something publicly about a problem they have. You know, people say that all the time. People say that on LinkedIn. People say that on Facebook. People say that on Twitter. People say that on Reddit. People say that on Quora. They talk about the things, their pain points. They talk about the things affecting them. You can say, I saw you saying this. Um, I've done this. And I can help you. Can we get on a quick call to discuss? The highest thing you will get, <laughs> the worst thing that can ever happen to you for cold emailing somebody is that they say no to you, right? But the best thing is that you actually get to work together, you know? So um, that, that's the way it works. And another thing that I say is that it's a game of numbers, um, so to speak. The more cold emails you send, the more outreach you do, the more you're likely to, 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 to experience some level of success, right? The less you do, the less you'll see. The more you do, the more you'll see. It's just like um, these statistics that I've seen around. I don't, I don't know if it's true, but they say that Ronaldo and Messi sh often shoot more than their teammates, right? And the number of goals that they score, if they shoot eight times, maybe they score like two goals, you know? And, and if you look at it, that's like some sort of, failure but then when you compare it to others they're successful because they try their attempts to shoot 
more than other people should. I always tell people, shoot your shots. You know, reach out to these decision makers. Make sure you are a good fit. Do your research. You know, if you are, check their website. There's no One time I was reaching out to one person. I said, your blog, the last time you posted a blog is 2020. I mean, um, is that not affecting your sales? You know, I can say something like that. Is that not affecting traffic? Or I did a review of your website and I used this. Maybe I used Uber Suggest or I used um, similar web or see uh, similarweb.com to see like the kind of traffic that they are getting. And I'm like, you guys are not getting traffic. It's because of your blog. I can help you to do this. This is, and then you, you talk. And then that's how, how uh, you get to work with people. Does that make any sense? Yes. Um, man, this, this is really a lot that, that I'm trying to process how. It, obviously, I'm, I'm going to compile Every of these things you have said, because I will have to re-listen to this over and over again. Like these are like some gems that a lot of writers do not know. And uh, you mentioned something. You you were like the higher the number of um, code mails. And I'm, I must say this too for everyone listening. Before we end this Twitter space, uh, if you have questions, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. If you have questions, you can signify so that. Uh, before the Twitter space ends, like I will give you room to ask your questions directly to him. And um, it's definitely going to provide an answer. We'll close like once it's eight o'clock. So you made mention of the fact that the higher the number of um, applications, the chances, but there is this thing called depression with application and with um, applying for either freelance or full-time roles where in a day, like this thing kills, kills the spirits where you apply for a particular role and um, the next thing you're, 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 you're told is, sorry, you're not the best fit for this role or sorry, we cannot. I, I, like I said earlier, I write. So about, about an hour ago, before this Twitter space, um, someone still reached out to me via this community. Like I said, like, I mentioned that I belong to a particular community for content marketers and content writers where it's easier for me to reach out directly to the head of content of different companies within the SaaS industry and like pitch to them. So in my DM, I, I got a rejection message that I told myself, am I, am I sure that we are going to hold this Twitter space because it has messed with my head? So how can we optimize um, the success rate of code emailing. Like, do you have any secret? Do you have, I've never even tried this code call of a thing. I just like code email, then expect a response from them. Like, is there a better way to optimize? Should we jump from after, like, should we suggest a call after we've sent a code email or we, uh, we send a code email, send our samples directly? Or do you have a better suggestion on how to optimize? I know it's not going to be 100% success rate, but from my own point, I think you would definitely have like a better experience and better things that we can do to increase our chances of like getting um, this gig. Because I believe a lot of people that are currently listening are writers in different fields. So at the back of their mind now, they're like, yes, after this conversation, I want to go to look for communities to join on Google. Once you see those communities, join them 
them on Discord, Slack, uh, Reddit, and the like. Then pay attention to the positions of people or if they share opportunities. But the next thing that we encounter is how can you optimize this thing? Is there a secret? Do you have resources? And by the way, I also want to like receive some of the resources that, that you've used. Maybe you have some templates that you've used for coding. Maybe so I will compile it in the ebook that I will send to whoever um, clicks on the link. But but do you have any way we can optimize uh, the success rate of this code email? All right, thank you. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, the best way I know, right, is to send messages or emails that are personal, not, not messages or emails that are impersonal. It starts from simple things like trying to know the name of that person you know, mentioning the name of that person, uh, finding out information. Um, this, they call something in cybersecurity, they call it reconnaissance. And that's like gathering about your enemy and knowing their vulnerabilities and their weaknesses. And they also use it in the military. And of course, the client is not your enemy, but the client or the prospect is a target, right? And you can do reconnaissance and, and get information about them. Um, what is their website? What could be the problem that they are facing? Um, things like that, you know. Um, maybe they talk about something. You just have to find entry points that are like soft entry points that can help you to warm up to them. And again, let me tell you, it, it doesn't matter how much you try, you, how much you try it, it's not always going to be successful. And I'm not going to lie to you. All right. And I understand what Joel said about depression and, you know, that feeling of sadness or where the rejections seem to be too many. But the truth of the matter is, and I, I not like I hate to sound like a motivational speaker or, or of some sort, because I have absolutely nothing against motivational speakers, uh, you know, but there will be losses. However, there will also be wins, you know, and the thing about losses is that the things you can learn, learn from them you know so i understand that but you really just have to keep trying all right and sending personalized messages and emails increase your chances really you know um also things like what you put in the subject of an email for instance whether it's going to grab the attention of of to read it because some people also make decisions because these people are busy some of them are really right they may choose not to read your email because of the ed, ed, um, subject, right? So the, the types of subjects that you use are also important. Uh, for instance, if I ask somebody about somebody and the person gives me information about that thing, you know, things I, I do. For instance, um, I, I pitched to somebody at Forbes because one of my plans this year is to become a writer at Forbes, right? And the guy gave me information about the person to reach out to. And then the subject of my meal was not even, the subject of my meal was, let's say the guy's name was XXX and the person I'm pitching to is something, something, something. I just, in the subject of the meal, I just said, XXX asked me to reach out to you. They're going to read that meal because they know XXX, right? And they're like, okay, why did XXX ask this guy to reach out to me? You know, something like that, creative like that. Something that will just make them want to read the the 
the email or the message. And you have to keep trying, honestly, really. You have to just keep trying. Um, and then if you keep trying, if you stick with it, if your samples are good, if you're looking for the best fit for the things you do, um, if your messages are, are personalized, I can bet with you it won't be long, maybe in a matter of months before you get the, um, the big break that you're looking for. It may not start, you know, you, you may not start to earn so much at, at first, but to be something um, to start from. Again, let me also clarify that I don't, I mean, I have several clients, you're right. There are people who pay me 300. There are people who pay me 500. The people who pay me 750, all right? So the 2K is not like every, every article I write is 2K, all right? But so I have those. I have people who pay me high, people who are like medium, and then people who pay me low, um, in quote. So um, I just wanted to clarify that. But if you can start with something and you're earning, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, you know. If, for instance, I, I have mentees who are doing $150 per article, some who are doing $250, some who are doing $200, some who are even doing $50, you know, $50 for like 500 words, $50 for like 750 words, $50 for like 1K. Yeah, um, it's small, but it's, it's, it's a great way to begin, right because when you start a business or when you start more like that small like that it means that you can scale eventually right that's what it means and it also drives your energy in a way if you have been getting rejections all the while in court and you've been depressed or kind of like sad you know that kind of news pumps more, more energy into you and that energy could be very useful for scaling so um that's that about that. There's something I wanted to say, but maybe I'll remember as we go on. Joel. All right. Um, thank, you. thank you very much. So I, I have something to say to the listeners here. Currently, uh, last week, when we hosted Peter Rock, I created an ebook on code emailing, like six code emailing um, techniques that can work for any remote geek. So like I said, please follow Climber. Then after this conversation, I would post the link. I'll share the link on the space maybe today or tomorrow so that you can get access to the code email techniques. These this code emailing techniques work for whatever position that you have and it has been tested and trusted. Yeah, Joe, um, Joe, sorry. sorry to cut you in. I just remember what I was going to say and I don't want to forget it. Sorry. Can I go on? Yes, please. Yes. Okay, so another thing that I do is if I see, um, because like social media is not just social media. Sometimes you should see social media like, like a search engine of some sort. Because just like people search on Google, people are also searching on social media. I, I mean, how many times have you on Twitter searched for something that is trending? Or maybe searched for someone's name? Or maybe searched for a match? or maybe searched for a place. People are actually searching on Twitter. People are searching on Facebook. People are searching on Instagram. And what I'm trying to say essentially is that you can also search for jobs, for contracts, for gigs on Twitter. I mean, I've worked with people from Twitter just by searching hashtags like um, tech writing jobs or um, 
AI writer positions or something like that, you know, just like an hashtag. And then I'll see discussions. I'll see people um, talking about gigs or something, and then I'll DM them. But this is what I do, right? If I see somebody on Twitter, for instance, say, um, I'm looking for writers in this niche and blah, 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 blah. DM me, right? What do I do? I will DM that person on Twitter, right? But what do I do? I go the extra mile. Most people who do that, they put their emails in their bios on Twitter, right? I will click the email, copy the email, and send a message, an email to them and say, hello, my name is blah, blah, blah. blah. I just sent you something, something on Twitter about this role, blah, 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 I'm interested. Could we talk further? Would you like to see my samples? Just something short like that. And usually I like to end my cold, cold messages with questions because questions necessitate that people answer, right? Whether they say no or yes, but they will answer. Please, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Okay, so, and then I'll send an email to them. Then I will now go the extra mile and look for that person on LinkedIn. Sometimes they could be on LinkedIn. Sometimes they could not be. They, may, they might not be on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. But I will then send another message on LinkedIn and say, "Hello, I just sent you a message on Twitter and an email, and I thought to also reach out to you here. This is this is this, and that. Now it." Don't see people. So people ask me. They say things like, "Will it not look spooky?" It's not spooky. Like they will say, "Will it not look desperate?" And I will ask them, "Are you not desperate?" No. <laughs> like why? <laughs> why are you ashamed to show your desperation? I'm desperate. There's not. There's no two ways about it. And I'm. I'm not ashamed to show it. And why do you think that that person would even interpret it as desperation? They could interpret it as passion or persistence, which are really, really great characters that people look out for in people who they want to work with. I want to work with people who are passionate, work with people who are passionate. I want to work with people who are persistent, people who have um attitude of diligence. And that's what that looks like. And so I send them messages across those three platforms. Again, there's something in, in cybersecurity attack surface right attack surface is like the surface that's <laughs> how do i put it now attackers attack <laughs> like so what i'm trying to say is attack surface is like if you have an attack surface that is like a box or a square right and then another attack surface that is like a rectangle right the rectangle attack surface or rectangle rectangular attack surface Right, has more vulnerabilities or will have more entry points for attackers than a square because square is smaller. This that's the same concept that I always that I have imported into like my own strategy. I'm like, if I so I call it target surface or something like that. If I send you messages across that surface and across all these platforms, the chances that you will see them somewhere are higher. Now, other people, I'm sure, are not doing that because some people will just send the message on Twitter and they'll be there. 
And the thing is, I mean, if that person posts on Twitter, posts that stuff on Twitter, there are chances that there are many people sending them that thing on Twitter or messaging them on Twitter. And so they may not be quick to see your, your message, right? And the other question that people ask is that, okay, because... I mean, if somebody is posting something on Twitter, then it's most likely that they are more active on Twitter. And that's why they are posting sorry, it. They are sorry, sorry, let me cut you. Sorry, let me cut you there. I have an experience. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so um I I have two experiences related to what you're talking about. There was this time on this group I belong to where someone posted a job, um posted it. No, I read an article about somebody on um Twitter where she said business insider. Um, are looking for freelance writers, $600 per article. So I went to this exclusive group I belong to on Slack and I asked, please, does anybody know anyone that works at Business Insider? Uh, then I, I think about a few hours later, someone reached out to me that, okay, yeah, I know someone that works at Business Insider. Um, uh, how, what do you want? And I said, well, I just need access to the person. Um, I would love to write for them around tech and startups and the like, because I, I write, apart from writing on B2B SaaS, I love to write contents around tech, around startups and the like. So she sent me the email of the person that works at Business Insider. Now I have more advantage over every other person that probably would want to write because like I have like a referral. I said she's going to speak to the person on my behalf. Like I have a referral and it's gives me more time although i did not get the gig because like probably my contents were not what they wanted they needed more report around like the u.s stuff and i i do not i don't think well i just think that probably they do not want my content but i was able to get access to the head of content and it saved me time then about this one that you reach out to people on our platform so i did this um last two months where i i got a gig from uh a a a B2B SaaS company they were to be paying two seventy-five per per two thousand two hundred word and I would be writing four articles for month. So I was new to the part to their to their industry and, and I was like, oh okay, how am I going to get across to this? So I went to check the company's database and I found out another writer who happens to be a Nigerian on the platform. The next thing I did was I searched for this guy on Google, I found his email, I found him on LinkedIn, I found him on Twitter, I found him on IG. I sent him a text on all those four different platforms. I have a test, uh, I have a test trial from your company. I'm gonna write on this, but I'm just new to your industry. I needed to like go help me go through this um test trial that I have written. Is it up to standard with what your head of content wants from, from me or from you and the likes and it works that way like i don't think it's spamming people when you reach out to them like you said they are called email strategies that uh, some people spam because they don't understand how to code email and like i said for whoever listening to this please follow climber watch out for the link i'm going to post which will lead you to our email place where we already have an ebook on code emailing and about the linkedin stuff i made a video about to like about LinkedIn last two weeks. So you can actually check out official climber, like official climber on all platforms. We make content like around how like you can grow your career in the tech and creative industry. So you can check out um, the 
video I made about code about LinkedIn for those of you that find LinkedIn to be boring. LinkedIn is actually boring, but if you know your way around it, it's like a very big gold mine for you. Um, so check out uh, Climbers YouTube. Just tip it in so that for everyone listening, you will not just be benefiting from this alone, but like you have a long term benefit with other forms of content. So back to you i believe you were saying something before i cut you short sorry and after you say that i have another last question before we end yeah so over to you please oh okay okay so um so that's that bothered expanding the, the targets of it where another thing that happens when for instance if you if you look at some people's if you like look at some prospects uh twitter bios you may not see their email, right? Uh, one thing that I do is I go to LinkedIn. I search that person. Usually they put their emails there. If they don't, uh, and that's why there's work to do, right? To, to extract this data and get the data you need to, to do the um, cold messaging that you want to do. So if I go to LinkedIn, I don't see it. Sometimes I just search their names on Google chances are their, their emails will come up because they've used their email somewhere else. If I do all of those and I don't find their emails, I use a tool called hunter.io, all right? It gives you like uh, maybe 50, because uh, I've not had to use it um, in the past few months because I've been swapped with, with many other uh, uh, work. But it gives you like, I think, 50 um, free searches every month, which is enough. You know, in a way, uh, to to get people's emails, and then they're like email structures that are generally used across organizations. You know, first name dot last name, uh, first initials dot last initials, or something like that. Um, maybe that's something I can send to Joel. But those are some of the ways that I get uh, these people's emails, and then and then send send uh, messages to them. Right. And it's okay to also follow up. If somebody sends you, if you send someone a message, you know, because people ask me all the time, I've sent them a message, they didn't reply. And then I'm like, did you follow up? Then they'll be like, I don't want to disturb them. Guy, you're doing business. You're not disturbing. Right. Of course. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Like you're doing business. Now, of course, you have to be reasonable about it. I mean, you can't send somebody an email like now, and then after four or five hours, you send them another email and say, did you see my email? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> right? <laughs> you have to wait a little bit, yeah? <clears throat> like maybe there's like a structure that I have, look, and I have like, like three emails, you know? One day, then after like two days, I can send another email, then after like uh, three days, I can send an only email, like a follow-up. It's okay to follow up. And the reason is because just the same way you are a human being and you don't reply your WhatsApp messages all the time. And I think this is what I always tell my mentees. You have to realize that the person you're sending messages, messages to is a human being. He has families. Sometimes he has a family. He has kids. He may be depressed. He may be going through things. Some of them may be on vacation sometimes. So they may not always get to your, to your, uh, to your, uh, 
to your messages immediately. There was a there was a um, a company, a cybersecurity company in the US that I had pitched them last December, right? December. No, I think they even reached out to me on LinkedIn. I can't remember. But we had had an agreement. We had a call. It was cool. We didn't work together. We didn't start together until February last year, right? And but I kept following up because we had had an agreement. I had said I was going to take seven fifty for for the for one article, and they had agreed. So like, why would I get angry and say, "Yeah, these people are not replying"? I'm the one that is looking for money now because <laughs> I'm like, you know. People have to know that this is business and you have, there's a level of grit you have to have and tenacity. And, and you know, you have to just be there, you know, and, and follow up. It's okay to follow up. It's okay to follow up if they don't reply you. And some people will never reply you, but just move ahead. Um, there's a saying that says the sky is wide and I mean, there are many beds that can fly uh, in the sky. So there are many prospects around the world. People actually have problems that they're trying to solve in their businesses and they're looking for you. You are the person they're looking for to solve that problem. And there are very many. So if it doesn't work for one person, just move on and, and send your messages to other people. You know, there, there are many ways to do this. And, you know, the, the, the reality again is that we cannot ex ex exhaust the discussion on freelancing or... Um, working successfully as a remote worker in a day, right? But I believe like we've been able to share, uh, I've been able to talk about a lot of things that can really help you to get on the journey. And again, um, Joy was mentioning the other time when we began, some people have prejudices against Fiverr uh, uh, and Upwork, yet there, there are things there that may, may be a little bit uh, somehow in court, but they also good places to get gigs that people on Upwork making money. I have a friend who is on Upwork. This guy has made about 60k um, in like um, two years or so, two and a half years. It may look like it's small, but guy, that is... <laughs> Sorry, I'm saying guy, I'm getting to my ass. <laughs> that is like... <laughs> that's like... That's like somebody making maybe 25k every year. It may look small to you, but that is somebody making one, two, one, five every month. It's a good place to start, don't you think? I think so. It's I a good so. place to start compared, compared, compared to how much people are earning in Nigeria, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, people are legit earning 10K and they're teaching in primary schools and they're earning... I mean, three days ago, somebody was telling me that he knows somebody who earns 5,000 Naira. 5,000 Naira. 5,000 Naira every month. What's he going to do with that? He can't even recharge his phone. You know, so that, that is, um, compared to what people are in Nigeria, that's really a good place to start. And, um, you know, so explore those platforms. Upwork. There's Guru. Um, there's LinkedIn. Um, there's Flex Jobs. There's Remote Daily. There's Remote Reach. There's ProBlogger. Uh, which is really good for writers. I think I got a, 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 um, to work with somebody from ProBlogger in 2020 or so. So those are really places to explore. And then you have to be tenacious. You have to stay with it and be consistent. If when I was earning $5 in 2014, 
I said I wasn't going to write anymore. I'm not going to be earning anything, right? But I stayed with it, you know. You have to stay with it. I started freelance in 2014. It's 2022. It's been eight years, you know. So you have to stay with it and make it work, right? And employ the strategies that will help you to succeed. All right. Um, so I, I think Ben, please can you mute your mic? Yeah, yeah, sir. We've spent over an hour already, and I would love us to like wrap up this thing and end it in like the next two, three minutes. So, um, first, first, everything you have shared here, you can actually re-listen to it. And like I said, whoever like gets after I share the link, once you enter our email list, we would send the replay of everything that you can actually listen on Anchor or Spotify or like as a podcast, then you would get access to. I'll contact him directly to like supply all the information he sent here, which I would make into an ebook. And like I'm using this opportunity to tell you about Climber. Climber is an education and media platform that our goal is to help Gen Z's and millennials succeed in the tech and creative industry. That's why we are doing this to get lots of information from people that are actually killing it. And we have like lots of other interesting people who will be hosting every week. So if you have questions, I, I saw some people ask some questions and I'm trying to look for where they ask the questions. Uh, I, if you have questions, you yeah, can sorry, just- Sorry, before the question, something came to mind uh, and I'd like to share. Sorry to cut you in, but when you're done, I just wanted to say that. Okay, yeah, you can just quickly say it then. Um, I would go straight to uh, entertaining the questions, although I'm trying to look for where their questions are. But if you have questions, you can send a request so I will let you speak. So you can- Talk now. Why was that? Okay, cool. So you know, the other time you were mentioning Business Insider, and you tried to speak there. Um, you you tried to push, um, pitch to them, to to be a writer with them. So if you're trying to write for the tech space, I will suggest um, you can write on Medium. Like I said, you can write on um, LinkedIn. Um, you can also write on Hakanoon. Hakanoon is really good. Um, they have like a very a domain authority that is not bad and very high traffic. You know, every month they have like thousands of people reading stories and articles every month. There's Hakanoon. You can create an account there. They're not going to accept your article immediately because they have ed- they have editors that will see if what you're writing meets their uh, editorial standards but it's a gl- great place you know it's free explore it hackernoon hash node you can write on hash node um if you do documentation you can also also write um is it github i can't remember but i'll share it to, to, with with joel so hackernoon hash node is it's really good for you now the last thing i want to say is if you can try i mean just work hard if you can. And, and sometimes we overthink things, really. Some things are not as difficult as we think they are. For instance, uh, some people think that it's impossible for them to write at Forbes. Like I have friends in Nigeria. I know somebody who is a Unilag student. Uh, we're not friends as it were, but we met a couple of months ago, right? She writes for Forbes. So it's 
actually possible. You know, these guys are actually looking for writers. They're looking for people, whether freelance or, or part-time or contract to write for them. And I think one of the things, and I've been experiencing some tremendous success since around 2018, but one of the things that really changed the game for me was when I started to write Adventure Beats. Venture Beat is one of the leading places for tech news, tech stories, tech articles in the U.S. and in the world. It's almost like the Forbes of tech, you know. It it's literally just blew up everything for me. If you can actually do that, and I'm going to, to, to just suggest that to you. Pitch to people in those places. There's ZD.net. There is Benzinga for crypto stories. Um, there is uh, Cointelegraph. There is uh, I would love to get all these details from you, you know, because of time. Uh, yeah. Like, after yeah. this conversation, I will get all these details from you. All right, cool. So if, if you can pitch any of those places and start to write from them, of course, they'll pay you some money, but it's the visibility that it also gives you that is really, really great. Um, yeah, thanks. All right, so if anyone has any questions, you can email the mic. So that, um... All right, thank you very much. I mean, this is like a masterclass of its own. And every information shared here, I believe a lot of people would want to like go over it, want to check out the website, want to check out the platforms to reach out to. Like, like I said, we would compile all of this into an ebook, would also like convert this um, Twitter space into a podcast so you can have access to it. Just ensure you follow Climber on Twitter so that when I make the tweets after doing everything, you would have access to it. So if you have questions you want to ask Clawali Samuel, please request, although somebody made a request and I'm still trying to look for the request, but you can make, it, make a request now so that I would let you speak and then um, um would give him access to answer the question you have. I'm still waiting. Is there a request to speak? I'm I'm trying to look for where I can even find this um, request to speak. Because I, I could see like, okay, somebody has, I've seen somebody's request. Yeah, I've given you access to speak. Somebody made a request to speak now, and I've given you access. Yeah, hi. Hi. Yes, hi. Uh, my name is Tiame, and uh, uh, I'm from Tsinga. I just uh, I speak. Uh, one second about Tsinga. Do you know guys uh, about the world? I cannot hear you very well. You hear me? Yeah, can you move closer to your mic, your 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 mouthpiece, <coughs> your phone's mouthpiece? Yeah, sorry. So I, I said I'm from I'm from Ethiopia, Tigray region. Do you know about Tigray guys? The world in Tigray, 
Ethiopian. Knows Ethiopian. So if you don't know, you can't, can't do voiceless Telegram people, 10 million people under. Uh, uh, under Look, there's a kind of echo. I, I, I can't hear where. I can hear him clearly. Okay. Oh, um, I can hear um, Sorry, sorry. So I had to I had to remove him because I, I could not hear him as well. It's it's not so clear. I'll just give one for one more um, request to entertain any other request. And I could see some people I think are influential on Twitter on this Twitter space. Sounds interesting. And um, one more request, and then we would end with. The this Twitter conversation and I would want you to look forward to next week. I'll be hosting someone else to next week. Everything is around the tech and the creative industry, helping um, as many people as possible, get the people that have succeeded in the industry to speak, then supply the information to them and build communities around that. That's what we are doing as Climber. We have a YouTube channel. Yeah, someone else. Okay. Yeah, you speak Brits. Hello. Hello, hi everyone. Good evening, how? Yeah. Can you hear me? Please? Hi. Yes, we can All hear right, you. Thank you very much. Quickly, I want to ask. Um, this question is directed to the person that mentioned Bezinga and um, pro blogger or something. I want to ask: um, when you see these companies that you know you can render service for them, and um, you, in the process of trying to craft something like a proposal. That probably can solve their problems. Um, what are you? What are the ways to do this? Is there any something like um, a framework to design a proposal for solution you know you can render instead of just making the conversion or um, your solution to them to just be to be wordy? Is there any kind of anything like a framework one can use to develop a proposal for a solution one want to solve for them? Thank you very much. Okay, so I got your question. Okay. Co co Sorry, Joy, you want to say? Uh, do you want to say? No, something? I said to you. Okay, so yeah, I got your question well, uh, correctly. But before I I, I answer it, um, I was going to say this, and I don't want to forget. And this may be the last time I'll talk. I would also encourage you, if you're trying to get get into the tech space, to write about in technologies. Um, things like Web 3.0, uh, Web like last uh, in February, I was like on the media list for ETH Denver. ETH Denver is um, the largest Ethereum-based hackathon in the world. And one of the things that I did was like I interviewed a lot of CEOs. I mean, people at Consensus, people at uh, HAL, like lots of founders and CEOs. And one of the things I discovered was they'll be, be like a deluge almost like like there'll be a very very big need for nft people who understand nft um metaverse web3 blockchain technology that space and i'm not saying that that's the only thing to write about uh, for instance one of the things i write about is um artificial intelligence i write about ai bias i, I write about um data big data and things like that. But 
the the point is this: if you can, how do you learn about emerging technologies? Just read about them. Read on places like Gartner, IBM, uh, McKinsey. Just read, um, read thought leadership articles about those spaces. Just absorb the information that you can and learn how to break down those technical or complex information pieces of information into simple digestible articles and you're you're good to go so i will encourage anyone um those are really places to look into you know cybersecurity. those are like places to re- really look into so back to your question brits um, i don't if I, I get you correctly you're asking if there's like a framework I think what you mean by a framework is like a template that you can use to uh, send uh, to propose or pitch to companies. Um, can we allow him to talk again? I want to be sure that that's what he meant. All right. What he meant was this: that um, do you have apart from sending just normal code emails? Is there a template to use to show the framework of what you're doing? And I think the answer to that is just by having a portfolio. Like once you have your portfolio, it's just simple to, when you're coding mailing, just send the link to your portfolio. Whoever you're coding mailing will definitely go to visit your portfolio, which is why I think it is really important that everyone who is involved in tech and wants to like write or do other activities around tech should have a portfolio. You can build portfolios for free on Dishado page. Like, um, I would compile the list. Oh, yes, I'm definitely going to compile it. I think this is the answer to his question. He was just asking if there is like a framework to send, and the framework should just be like your portfolio simply. So I would give answers um, room for like. I think okay, he wants to still speak again. I'll give him like 30 seconds. Then the remaining two people are best. Um, as requested to speak since I'll let him speak, then the last person, and after that, we'll end this Twitter space. So you can ask your question. Um, I've given you access to speak. Abbas, you can ask your question. Then it won't go. I've also given you access to speak. So ask your question, please. Thank you so much for this opportunity. So my question, it's directed to the speaker. Yeah, um, he, he did make mention of LinkedIn. Um, writers using LinkedIn to get more jobs and um, in, inbound leads. Um, I would like to know, does what what um linkedin tips from his experience what linkedin tips can he share and and i also have another question but i i think i should let him talk first um all right you can ask the question so what will happen is this once you ask this question if you cannot answer it like i said we'll compile everything into an ebook okay and, and as the ebook is going to be free to everyone who has access to it, who is interested in getting access to it. It's going to be comprehensive. So you can ask your question. If it's not answered, we would have it in an ebook. So what's the second question? Okay. Um, the, the second one is about interviews. Right. I've, I've been going on a, a couple of interviews. 
a lot of interviews recently and I don't know it's it's been going good, but I haven't been closing most of them. Right? So does he have any interview tips he could share to Yeah. All right. So before okay, yeah, I'm going to remove you now. Then I'll let Iwongo also ask a question. Then because of time. So um Iwongo like Ella Evelyn Rocks. Can you ask a question now? Okay, good evening, everybody. So my Hi. question is uh, must I be like a tech pro or must I know a lot of things about technology to write for these companies? Because like I'm more of a freelancer and I'm just starting to learn the whole technology thing. So must I be really good at it to like engage in it or should I just go ahead with applying to the companies and all and then in that process learn as I move on if you understand all right i do understand so let me summarize the questions they've asked um you would have answers to all of them at once the first guy harvest asked that do you have linkedin tips that he could use to close more sales on linkedin and also he asked um interview tips i just wanted to summarize quickly like then personal to you maybe over the weekend get more um get more Detail this to add to the PDF. Then, lastly, um, Evelyn was asking if she has to be tech savvy to um, get this tech gig. So, over to you. Okay, time is far spent, so I'll be really fast. Number one, the only tip, which is like the tip that has many branches to it, is optimize your LinkedIn. An optimization begins from something as simple as the picture you use. Right, some people don't use; they don't have profile pictures on LinkedIn. That's a very bad. Um, that's not a good way to create a LinkedIn profile. Banner images. Um, sell yourself. Use the right keywords you want to. Um, you want to appear for in search results. There are many others, but the I, I guess the essential point is optimize your LinkedIn. Optimize your LinkedIn for visibility. Like he said, I can send more things um, across um, over the weekend. The second one for interviews, um, what I always tell people is, um, there though you'll be nervous, yes, but just be yourself and talk about your background and talk about things you can do. And um, there are other ways to negotiate. Um, there's this course by Chris Voss um, that I took early last year. Um, it's called the art of negotiation. I think it's something that might help you during your interviews. You, you should um, take it if you can on masterclass. If I also have some more resources, I can share them um, across the weekend. Uh, sorry, over the weekend. The last question, no, you don't have to have, have all the knowledge in this world about tech before you start writing for tech. <coughs> When I started to write for cybersecurity companies, I know so much. In fact, I, I, I had the smallest jot of information about them. So, and, and that's why there's something called learning on the job, you know. Um, there's some amount of information you should have before you start, yes, but not so much. Not so much. Don't, there will never be a perfect time. Even right now, with all the information I have, with all the articles I've written for cybersecurity companies and tech companies, there are still many other things that I don't know. 
like that I don't understand. You keep learning more. And so don't allow it to stop you. You can begin. Yes, you can. All right. So would I'll be like ending it with like a request to you guys that have listened to it. Um, like you mentioned about that LinkedIn stuff. I, I, I remember I made a video around how to like build a very good LinkedIn profile. Uh, LinkedIn has been like one of the best channels for me on like every other person thinks. So I made a good LinkedIn, um, a video on YouTube. Just check official climber on YouTube, on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. We're trying to build a channel there. And lastly, um, please follow this channel if you're a writer to entertain any other question because time is fast spent well please follow this channel so that like i said you have access to the content and the summary of everything via ebook then you can actually also reach out to me directly uh you can check my profile as the host if you have any other thing you would want us to do or things around the tech and creative industry or wherever you want us to host although like we have like a lineup of very very successful people in the tech and creative industry that uh will be hosting over the week every week five um seven pm so it's important you follow this channel um this handle and expect more so i'll be ending the twitter space and i would say thank you very much Kolawole samuel this is really really like a very very insightful session i would listen to this like two or three times and apply all that you've said so like do you have any last words to, to share yeah i just wanted to say thank you too for bringing me on and um thank you to everybody for joining um please don't give up but just keep pushing and it's going to get better i'm seeing a lot of people too um i think i see toyosi who's like an influencer on uh on twitter <laughs> he doesn't yeah i see i'm like i've seen a couple of I other people that, thank you so much I everyone <laughs> for joining Do the final words for me god bless all right so yeah i, I when i thought I had to go check his profile. I was like, oh, yeah, this is Toyosi. I saw FM Iris too. I was like, oh, yeah. So thank you so much, guys. Um, please, if you have any other thing, you can actually reach me directly. But have a good night. And yeah, like I said, just keep believing the country, the economy is hard and every other thing like that. But well, <laughs> the goal is to ensure that every Gen Z and millennial breaks out of this um, difficulty in the society. And like this, there's so much more Climber is going to be doing. We are a media and educational company and we have like a lot of things up our sleeves to, to help you like ensure that you really, really earn well, growing your career 